I'm sorry. I just saw something more horrible than anything I've ever seen in my life. We happen to have here around the horn on Whitey Gleason, Kyle Draper, and you know Woody Page. You know Woody Page. Yeah, I yeah, just happened to yeah. glance up there and look. He's dressed, oh, he's Taylor Swift. What is, is that and what I, that is? I think so. And I had no idea. And I just looked and I saw that and I was like, ah, ah, Woody Page. With no warning or hey, anything. Hey, give Woody credit. Give Woody credit. Even I don't know how old he is, but he still can make fun of himself. He can still enjoy himself. And so at first glance. <laughs> It was a little scary, but you know what? I'm all for it. Do you, Woody? That's that's great. I'm still dealing with the first glance part of it. Really, that just... <laughs> ah, wow! Anyway, happy Halloween. Yeah, no yeah. costumes for I, us. I know. I like your shirt there, thank though. You, thank People you. in the YouTube chat, they might yeah. be able to see a Fright Time. Th- yeah. how, how old is that shirt? This is, um, this is like 30 years old. Really? Yeah. And it's been folded up for about 30 years. And I looked for it today and I found it. It's like, hey, what the heck? Oh, okay. It's not like it's in the rotation that you wear or anything like that. I was like, if you got a shirt 30 years old (laughs) that still looks that good? Yeah, it's just been folded up. What's the over under on uh, how many years you can actually wear a T-shirt? I don't know. Deuce, you know, we had Deuce on um, Friday. It's funny because he always makes fun of me for wearing old shirts. I, You know, people, when they buy a T-shirt that's supposed to look old, if I have an old T-shirt that's still functional, I'll wear it. I'll wear an old T-shirt. Why not? What What's wrong with that? <laughs> I think I have one in rotation, semi-rotation, 2002 U.S. Open. Really? Yeah. 2002? Let me think. Like, don't you think over time going through the washing machine and everything, it would, it would be faded, start to rip just a little bit? Yeah, but it's, it's in pretty good shape. I think my oldest T-shirt is about 2009. Uh huh. No, it might be 2006. See, I think I, mean, I got that's this like brand new. <laughs> <laughs> I got it, but you know, it, it goes from you wear it outside to you wear it at the gym to you just wear it around the house or you sleep in it. Yeah. You know, there's different levels to the T-shirt. You yeah. know, there, I mean, that, there's one level after sleeping it, then it's yard work. Yard work, right? Yeah, or yeah, yeah, it becomes a dust rag or uh-huh. something like that. You know? Yeah. I, my 2006 shirt is just a sleeping shirt now. Mm-hmm. It can't go outside. I can't be seen in it. I ha- I think I've worn it here, 2002 Western Conference Finals. Oh, is Kings. that? Oh, yeah. so, now that's that's different though, okay. Whitey. That's like a throwback. That's like, you yeah. know, it's like wearing a Reggie Theus jersey or something like that. You know, it's you wear- It's almost like a trophy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What are we talking about today? Man? Are you going to start by apologizing to the 49ers? Or? For what? I mean, they're loaded now. The 49ers are loaded. Weren't they loaded three <laughs> or four we weeks thought. ago? Turns out, no, <laughs> not so much. Chase Young, the newest 49er. I'm just kidding, but uh, with, as far as you owing them an apology, of course. Of course. But, uh, um, I think they needed uh, pass rush help. They needed offensive line help. They needed corner, corner help. help. At least they got uh, the pass rush part of it checked out. No, I, I love this deal uh, for the Niners. You know, I'm a big Chase Young fan. You know, I, I was talking to Emil Fergoso walking in, and, you know, Washington – is a dumpster fire of an organization. Everybody thought, oh, get rid of Dan Snyder, things would change. Uh, They're clearly selling off pieces. You're talking about a 24-year-old former number two overall pick, and you add him to this team, this defensive line. Now, this is going to cause uh, nightmares for every offensive line out there. How do you block these guys? If they don't get to the quarterback now. now, It's like, uh, what what more can you do? (laughs) And so I I think it's a great move from the Niners, not only from a personnel standpoint, but 
they're going for it. You know, and, and as a fan of a team, that's all you can ask for. You know, it, because I'm an Eagles fan, I, you know, I want to criticize the move. Oh, now you got to go out again. But if I'm a Niners fan, this is what you want from John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. You want an embarrassment of riches. And clearly, you know, through the first seven games or whatever, eight games, the defensive line was not getting it done. And so now, now you add this guy in a contract year, I would imagine. So he's yes. going to be hungry. Mm-hmm. And so, I, and, and it's just for a, a third round pick, compensatory third round pick, which if he leaves, you get it back anyway. And so I, I think this is a, a huge coup uh, for John Lynch and the Niners. I think it also sends a message to the rest of the team like, hey, we've lost three in a row, but we're all in. It's a positive message. And John Lynch does have a history of doing this. See, last year yes. with Christian McCaffrey and on the crossover, we were talking about the fact that a couple years ago uh, at the deadline, the 49ers wanted offensive help and they wanted Odell Beckham Jr. And yeah. the record was so poor at the time. Were they three and five? Mm. And Odell Beckham Jr. looked at the Niners and like, I don't want to go I don't want to go there. John Lynch <laughs> had to come out and say, you know, right now we're not a great destination for a player like that. But they tried. Yes. And now... It's completely different, right? It's completely opposite. Like, you know, forget the record. I, I know I've been piling on the Niners the last three weeks. When it's all said and done, they're going to be in the mix for an NFC championship berth. They're going to be in the mix for a trip to the Super Bowl. And now you add a 24-year-old defensive stud like Chase Young, who has not played his best football yet, five uh, sacks so far this season. You got him for uh, more than half the season left to go. This is a huge move, a Mm -hmm. huge coup for them. And I do think it addresses their biggest need. And we can go back and forth, and I'm sure we will. You know, we've been arguing all week long, and we'll continue to argue until they play better. What's the problem? What's wrong? A lot of things are wrong, but I do think the inability of the front to get pressure on the other quarterback is the single biggest problem. And the fact that the defense is just like marshmallow soft, I think that's the biggest problem of the handful of problems the 49ers have. This should help. It should help. But as the naysayer that I am, why are they in this position, Whitey? We wouldn't say that at the beat. We thought the defensive line was a strength of this team going into the season. Well, it's a great question because remember last year they thought it was a strength of the team, and then yeah. they had to get uh, Hargrave. Hargrave, yeah. yeah. And then they had to get Jackson, right? Or Randy, oh, sorry, Randy. <laughs> Randy, Randy Gregory. Gregory. Yeah, pardon yeah. me. Randy, Randy Gregory. Randy, not Randy Jackson. Yeah, right, That's, right. Yeah, come on. People are like, who? Little pitchy dog. Yeah. <laughs> but, but now I'm looking at this defensive they line. They Cleveland Farrell. My point is they keep trying to right. upgrade because they it's it's been a problem for a long time, and it's a bit of a mystery. And, and if it's a problem going forward, I don't know what else you do, right? Like, Cleveland Farrell had a great game, I thought. The other He's day, their second best pass rusher, right? right yeah, exactly. And now he goes, you know, to the second uh, unit, maybe. So you got Chase Young, Eric Armstead, Hargrave, and Bosa. Wow. And Farrell, Javon yeah. Kinlaw, and Randy Gregory yeah. as well. And like Jackson, actually, is Drake Jackson, but he, yeah, actually, oh, Drake Jackson, yeah, he yeah. has not played very well this year. No, He's he has performed. They had high hopes for yeah. him. For him, but he just hasn't really produced. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. And, and, you know, they are loaded now defensively, and they didn't get addressed the secondary. Or did they? Or, or They may have tried, right? <laughs> like, uh, what's the deal? Explain to me what's happening with the Giants. I'm walking in, and Emil Fergoso is like, oh, they were about to pull off this move, but then the Giants failed to submit it in time. That's Set the table. Yeah, and that's if we even know that, that's what right, I've heard. Right. I don't know if anybody knows it. For Dory Jackson. Dory Jackson, yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's um, you know, why I'm buying it. That they I, did do that deal, you know, yeah, like that. That it fell through. That it, yeah. I know listening to uh, Styles and Watkins, they were saying that Tim Kawakami had been suggesting the Niners aren't done yet. Tim Kawakami is right, very well right. connected. Yeah. And he's, he's, um, he's got skins on the wall. He didn't just throw that stuff out there to get clicks. And he said, I'm standing on my reputation. So nothing got done, but I believe that he had reason to believe they were, they were really trying and they almost did do something. Well, maybe we'll find out, but I bet they were in on that. Now, I'm on this website, NinersNation.com. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just reading Wesley Steinberg, who covers the Giants and the NFL. The Giants had agreed to a trade uh, with the Niners for cornerback Adoree Jackson, but failed to report it. Editors note it was a fake a fake account. Whoops! I'll eat that. So oh, we okay. need to we need to deep dive because Tim Kawakami, like you said, 49ers are closing in on another trade. I don't know who it's for, but it seems likely they've got one more. That was at twelve fourteen, and so right. I'm not sure who to believe right now. Right, but if they didn't address the corner situation, one way you can help your secondary is by upgrading the front four. And that's what they did. And so now quarterbacks may not have four or five seconds to survey the field. Now you may have to get the ball out in two and a half seconds, three seconds. And that helps your secondary. Also yesterday, Kyle Shanahan said something that we'll we'll address later in the show. And this may sound like an excuse. I think it was just an honest reaction to the game film. He said, we look slow and tired. And, you know, if that's true, you know, no excuses, but – if that's true, and I, they look that way to me too, then they should benefit from the bye week. They should, right? And, and now it's no excuses uh, coming back. You got a week off. If slow and tired uh, was your excuse, and you rarely hear that, I think, in the NFL. It's it, like you don't hear a team saying, "Ah, oh, we're just tired." Like no, not not at no. week eight, week You're nine. Really not like really, to say that. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, if they're tired now. Sure, they got the bye week, but then what's going to happen when you still have nine games left to go in the playoffs? Are you going to be tired in mid-December again? And so I, I, I'm not buying that as an excuse. I don't believe he said that. They I mean, look, I know he said it. Uh-huh. I don't believe he, like, yeah. it doesn't make sense. They did look slow and tired, but, I, yeah, I'm with you. The coach isn't supposed to say that. And right. There's really not a lot of upside to saying that. Not a lot There's of so upside at all. Go. You know what? The guys just need a kick in the butt. Let's call it what it is, right? The, yeah, the, they're looking up now, as you said yesterday, at – Seattle. Yes. They're looking up at the Lions. Lions. They're looking up, of course, at, uh, I forget the team at, in Philadelphia. At the best team in yeah. football, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. And you can't argue that record wise, the <laughs> Eagles are the best team in football. And so uh, they had to do something, uh, this Niners. Like if they would have just stood pat, it, it, I think it would have been highly disappointed. Now you bring in Chase Young, a, a, a sense of renewed optimism, a shot in the arm, if you will, and uh, we'll see how it pans out. Yeah, and speaking of big trades, tell you what the Harden trade Ooh. means for the NBA, the West, and the Kings when we come right back on the Halloween edition of The Drive Guys on Sackdown Sports. Thanks for being with us. Happy, happy Halloween on the chat. People going back and forth on Chase Young. Some people excited, other fans less than overwhelmed by some of his sack numbers. You know, Kyle, you can slice those things a number of ways now, yeah. especially in the age of analytics. I know that his, what his, uh, what is it, win rate and his pressure rate this year, uh, they're very high. So don't just look at the, don't look at the sack numbers alone. Although, what does he have? He has, uh, let's see, five sacks in seven games this season. Yeah, I, I think the question okay. mark with him would be 34 games over four seasons. 
uh, with Washington, 14 sacks. He he missed 2023, the opener with a neck injury. He has had some injury issues, but he's been a productive player. Yeah, he has. No, but you're right about uh, his uh, injury situation. I'm looking at it. Is this correct? Three games last year? Nine games the year before, rookie year, 15 games. And so he's had trouble staying on the, on the field. And while he's an immense talent, we know that, obviously. Uh, once again, you have another guy that health is going to be something you have to monitor. Like, you know, if he's there, great. But, you know, the history of the Niners, you know, injury history, it, it, it's, it raises a lot little eyebrows, you know. I still make the move if I'm John, like, the dude is 24. Like, mm-hmm. he was a stud coming out of Ohio State. And so uh, I, I love the move, but, man, he has had trouble staying on the field. That's why I like, to the point you made earlier, I like the fact that you got a guy in his contract year. Mm-hmm. And look at what Bosa did last year. You know that that player cannot possibly be more motivated to give you everything he's got in the contract year. Yeah, but, you know, you bring that up. And, you know, if I'm the Niners, obviously you want him to be hungry. You want him to go out there and be a difference maker. Uh, You don't have to bring him back. Um, But you look at Bosa. Like, is Bosa going to be motivated? I actually thought Nick Bosa, you know, played pretty well the other day. I think he's Uh, played pretty well. Yeah, I thought he's played. Now, he hasn't been Nick Bosa of last year. Right. But it's not because, and I'm looking at the YouTube chat, you know, Bosa got paid and mentally retired. I don't buy that. I'm not seeing that out of Nick Bosa. The results aren't there, but, you know, the the Nick Bosa I watched uh, the other day in, in that loss, like, the hunger was still there. The fire was still there. In fact, a couple of Armstead sacks were because Nick Bosa got up the field and, and pressured. And so uh, I hope we do get a, cha- a motivated Chase Young. But then do you bring him back next year, too? Like, it, it, it can go either way. Uh, we'll see how he plays, yeah. right? And yeah. Hopefully he forces you into making a tough decision yes. with the way he plays. I thought it was interesting also that the Bears got Montez Sweat. Yes. They got him for a second-round pick. And the 49ers got Chase Young for a third-round pick. Young has probably a better pedigree, but perhaps this year he hasn't played quite as well. But that seems like a good bargain given what the Bears had to give up for Sweat. Yeah, but I I think, you know, Montez Sweat, you know, is having a better season, you know, than with Chase Young. And so I don't think a third-round pick, especially a compensatory pick, when you, you know, can get it back after that, to me, it's almost like free money. Like, you really didn't have to give up a, a whole lot. And, you know, meanwhile, a second-round pick. Yeah. Now, that's that's pretty yeah. that's pretty hefty uh, to give back. Uh, but, uh, you know, from the Niners' standpoint, to me, it's a no-risk kind of move, right? You know, if it doesn't work out, you let them walk and you move on. You know, but now you address a need and, uh, and you get it during the bye week. So you don't have to rush him in or anything. Now he gets a full week of practice with the team and you get ready to face Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. You know what I wonder about, and no one's really talking about this and I understand why, because there's nothing that can be done now about the trade uh, for Trey Lance, but they could really right now use some of the players they could have gotten with the picks they traded out. For Trey Lance. Oh, no, you're right. (laughs) Think about that. Like, when we talk about the haul they gave up for Trey Lance, it wasn't like you gave up fifth or sixth rounders. Like, you gave up first-round picks, second-round picks, and that's how you build depth on your team. And I think 
when you look at this Niners uh, franchise. Like Micah though. Parsons. Right, because yeah. you could have yeah. had Micah Parsons. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? Micah Parsons on one side and uh, Bosa on the other. Yeah. But you are you weren't supposed to be in this position to scramble to try and fill holes. This was supposedly a ready-made team to start the season. And clearly, these last three games, the Niners have been exposed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I agree with that. I think offensively there's still some positive signs here, but at some point, you know, someone's just got to make a stand and right. the team. Somebody's got to start playing start better. Start playing better, Making right? Plays and playing better. Yeah, and we'll see um, how if they're able to do that against the Jacksonville team that's playing pretty good football. By the way, when I named the list of teams that are ahead of the 49ers right now, we went to break, and guess who was quick to remind me during the break? <laughs> oh, you got to put Dallas in there too, Whitey. <laughs> Don't forget Dallas. So, yeah. by record, I'm just – yeah, by record, the Niners are the fifth best team in the NFC right now. And they've earned every bit. They of that. have earned every bit of that, you know. And what what concerns me, I guess, they haven't. I keep telling you, I think they need a wide receiver. I think when you watch what the Eagles did, the Eagles were set at wide receiver. Then they go bring in a veteran like Julio Jones. Bring in somebody like that, you know, and not you don't have to go out there and get Devontae Adams or anything like that. But I think the loss of Debo Samuel has really hampered and, and throw Trent Williams in there too. I know Trent's a big part of it, but not having Debo has really hampered this Niners offense. 17 points per game in each of the last three games. We can blame the defense all we want. The offense hasn't been getting it done either, Whitey. Well, you know how much I enjoy talking about Philadelphia. Yes. So we'll continue to do that. Here as we look at the big trade in the NBA. Yes. How about that? James Harden going to the Clippers. What does this mean for the West, for the Kings? I, I think this is massive uh, for Philadelphia. I think this is huge. I don't think this impacts the Clippers much. Like, you know, I, I looked at a, a story and they, they went from a, a minus or a plus 2,800 to plus 1,400 or something, something crazy like that. But James Harden does not deliver when it matters the most. To me, it does not move the needle from a win and loss standpoint with this team. James Harden is a historic underachiever, Whitey. He'll put up some flashy numbers, game one against Boston, game four, but then he'll disappear Mm -hmm. when you need him the most. And so I love this trade for Philadelphia. And I'm not saying that just because, you know, that's my hometown team and I'm trying to be a homer. What they were able to do – they have more flexibility now today than they did yesterday. They got multiple picks. They got a couple of players. So now maybe they go out there and get an OG Ananobi. Maybe they try and get a Pascal Siakam. So Daryl Morey's out here playing checkers, uh, chess while everybody else is playing. And uh, Tyrese Maxey is blossoming. Is that dude? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it, it's addition by subtraction. And everybody's saying, oh, they didn't get a star player or anything like that back, uh, the Sixers. But they might. They might, though. They are not done. They got, you know, uh, multiple picks. They got pick swap as well. I actually like K.J. Martin. Sacramento fans should know him very well because he victimized us last season. Marcus Morris Sr. goes back home. And so they're a deeper team right now, and they have some flexibility. Let's say you're Toronto, and I offer you – no, you know what? Let's say you're Chicago, and I offer you a package of a couple of K.J. Martin – uh, another player and two first round picks for Zach Levine. That's the one I've been you know, thinking of. Yes. Like that's Chicago has to at some point hit the reset button to rebuild, and they need picks. 
if I'm them, I'm looking at what OKC did. I'm looking at what the Utah Jazz are doing right now. You acquire the picks. And so Zach Levine in that offense, in that system, Tyrese Maxey, Zach Levine, and Joel Embiid, the Sixers aren't done yet. I'm with you. It seems like a head-scratcher from the Clippers' perspective. The only thing I could come up with, and it looks like kind of a desperate move where they're doubling down on this get superstars towards the end of their run strategy. Um, You know, it's backfired on them to this point. I'm wondering if part of this is um, they're thinking, you know, George, Paul George and Kawhi, they tend to break down. Maybe if they do... Uh, one of them breaks down, maybe they both break down. Maybe Harden's still able to play. Maybe it's an insurance policy against one or both of those guys getting hurt. But I'm with you. It's a bit puzzling to try to understand what they think, how they think they're going to benefit. And it also, to me, throws Westbrook's role now uh, kind of up in the air. And he actually has right. been pretty good. He's been pretty good. He's been a leader for them. And, you know, when you look at Harden going to uh, the Clippers, does that move Westbrook to the bench? And yeah. isn't that what they had with the Lakers mm-hmm. and it, it didn't work out? And so, and when you look at what the Clippers do, Paul George is sort of a, a de facto point guard almost for them. Now you take the ball out of his hands. And so it, James Harden, he has to adapt his game. He had a tremendous regular season, I thought, for the Sixers last year. But in terms of a fit, this is what not what they need. You know what the Clippers need? And I keep a lot of teams need this. They need like a Rajon Rondo kind of point guard. Somebody like that. Somebody who really can get the ball moving. A Chris Paul kind of situation. Uh, They don't need a guy that's going to pound it out, dribble out the shot clock, and then chuck it up. Like, And I don't see James Harden just standing in the corner watching uh, Paul George do his thing. And so this is a a desperate move by the Clippers. And all these guys, if I'm correct, can be free agents after this season. And you gave up all your draft capital uh, in this deal and the Paul George deal as well. So the Clippers, I I think they're in trouble. Yeah, it's a head-scratcher. I'm assuming on some level that Paul George and maybe Westbrook, too, were for it. Maybe that's one of the reasons they did it. Maybe they endorsed the move. Um, I don't think if you're a Kings fan, you really have to lose any sleep over this one, though. Coming up, speaking of the Kings, Kyle Draper is going to tell us about his brand-new TV partner. Oh, yeah. Who is also going to join us this afternoon. And we'll look at the state of the Kings three games in when the Drive Guys come right back on Sackdown Sports. Will Kyle Shannon... Asking in the afterglow of the 49ers' big trade on this Halloween. Yeah, Chase Young is now a San Francisco 49er. And it seems like every year now the 49ers are trying to upgrade the pass rush. Well, we got to upgrade the pass rush. Pass rush is what we thought it would be. It's been going on for a while now, but Chase Young should help. His pass rush grade is 79.7. What does that mean? I don't know, but it's a career high. His win rate is 18.4%. Is that good? That's a career high. It must be. <laughs> He's got five sacks and 38 pressures. So Is that good? I think that's uh, pretty that's good. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. And the quarterback must go down, yes. as Al Davis used to say. Yes, you you go for it. And it's sort of all, you know, we talked a few weeks ago about this. This reminds me of the 90s, early 90s, when the Cowboys and Niners and it was just a, you know, a, a a drive to see who can get the, you know. And that's what the Niners are doing right now. They go out and get Randy Gregory, who's, I think, been a great addition. Now you go out and get Chase Young. Like, it's an arms race. You're They recognize this is the year. You got to go all in. Push all your chips in. Whatever it takes to improve this roster, you got to do it. And so from a Niners standpoint, a fan standpoint, 
Uh, I, I think it's a great movie. Yeah, and it just needed to be done. Yeah, when you're reeling like this, uh, and you're we just you know I made a joke about all the teams are looking up at, but man, that's that's alarming right now. I know we'll we'll talk about this in a little bit here, but uh, uh, Dante Whitner, the hitman, yeah. he says, "Oh, it's panic button time." He says, hey, "It's wow. time to hit the panic button." Wow, yeah. after three straight losses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the, the, you know, the ship be sinking. Uh, I forget who said that. Remember uh, yeah. back, that was the NBA uh, uh, saying. And so they had to do something, right? It wasn't just going to be, oh, the bye week can't come soon enough. Well, you know, hit the reset button. Now you add, you infuse some life into this defensive line. And, you know, and for Chase Young, you go from arguably the worst run NFL franchise to now a model franchise, a historically great franchise, uh, a legacy franchise. And so you might even see a hungrier Chase Young this season. By the way, it was uh, Christmas night, 1981. Michael Ray Richardson. Yeah. After the Knicks <laughs> lost four straight. The ship be the sinking. The ship be sinking. <laughs> <laughs> I had to look at it. I remembered it, but you I remember didn't remember that? where yeah. it was from. Yeah. Uh, that's one that's lasted. <laughs> yes, it's it's lasted 40 years, and that, that's what was happening uh, for this Niners That's team. older than this shirt, even. Really? That about a year or so, yeah, right? Yeah. A year or so. Yeah. But think about it, though. Like, has there been, and I know the Niners have had uh, some roller coasters. Has it been, has there been a steeper fall from grace in the middle of a season than what we've seen from the Niners this so far? From the 49ers? I can't remember the, like... What, 2019 was they, it? They started off? Yeah, uh, they usually go the other way. Yeah, usually it's the other That's, way. Start yeah. slow and then mm-hmm, take mm-hmm. off. Like, and, and we, you know, applauded them at the beginning of the season. They came in with the right mindset. You know, they're all business. Forget all the outside noise. And and one hiccup, mm-hmm. one bump in the road, and bam, they're I'd, off the track. I'd still rather be the 49ers and the Eagles when you look at that Eagles upcoming schedule, though. Nah, that but you, you, you see what we do, did to the Dolphins? That was supposed to be a tough game, and we smacked them up, beat them pretty easily. Ooh, and so, games coming up. Do have, a, uh, have some tough games. I'm not worried about Dallas. You know, it's got two games coming up against the Dallas, one at home, one on the road. Uh, I'm not worried. But that Buffalo-Kansas City Niner stretch that they have, mm-hmm. Seattle in the mix, mm-hmm. man, that is tough. That's, that's tough. If you can, you know, hold off and don't lose three out of those four games – to me, that's a success if, uh, if I'm the Eagles. Well, how about the Kings just bouncing over the Kings, yeah. talking about holding Let's on about here that. through a rough stretch because the Kings now are without De'Aaron Fox. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Uh, 77 games without De'Aaron Fox since he became a King. They're 33-44. and 44. Mm. So what, what do you think, Kyle Draper, right now? What is the state of the Kings? Um, what's reasonable in terms of how well they can play while De'Aaron Fox is recovering? I, I think, you know, w- when you look at – the Sacramento Kings schedule, and I'm going to pull it up, and I'm going to go game by game here. You mentioned all the games he's missed in his career. I can say that they are more prepared now than they've ever been when De'Aaron Fox has missed some time. And so when you look at the upcoming games, sure, you got a tough one tomorrow night at Golden State. Even if De'Aaron Fox played, you might not win that game. And so if we lose tomorrow, we can't be like, oh, we didn't have Fox, you know. The Warriors have had our number recently, so maybe you lose that game. But then you got Houston, Houston. Win-win. Uh, don't do it. That's how you jinx people, Whitey. That's how you were earlier with the I'm- Niners. It didn't fun. <laughs> like, dude, you got to respect the opponent. 
And no, I'm going to res- win. Wins the game. What time? Oh, what win, win. Yeah. Oh, because it's too. Oh, all yeah. right. I get it. I. Sure. <laughs> but you got to respect the opponent. So Houston, Houston, Portland, Oklahoma City. Ooh. That's when it gets tough. Cleveland. Mm. That's a little tough game. Mm-hmm. Lakers at L.A. Yeah, that's and, and so I. They say De'Aaron Fox is out uh, at least for tomorrow. He's going to miss more games. Yes, I, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. He, he's going to miss more games. You know, and, and he should miss more. And games. he should miss. Right, right. You don't want to rush him back. Uh, the thing is, I would rather him obviously miss one week. Like if he misses one week, I think they can handle that. They can stem the tide. If he misses two weeks, that's when you get into the Oklahoma City, the Cleveland, the Lakers at San Antonio. This is a tough schedule, man. After Houston and Portland. Because then you go on the road. Lakers, Spurs, at the Spurs. That's not an easy win anymore. No. That's not an easy win. you're playing in the West, they're really... Right. I mean, maybe Portland and Houston. Right. Maybe. Maybe. But that's as close as you get to any easy game. Then you got at Dallas, two against New Orleans on the road, at Minnesota, home against Golden State, Clippers, Denver. Like, so I think this stretch is critical. I would obviously give De'Aaron Fox at least a week off. Like, I wouldn't even... Try and bring him back for the games in Houston. You know, say, you know what, De'Aaron? We got it. This is why we have our depth. Davion can handle it. Malik can handle it. Kobe Jones will get some minutes. Like, you need De'Aaron Fox for mid to late November when that schedule gets really tougher. I think they can uh, handle it uh, in the short term. Long term, then you start, you know, it's becoming questionable. You just got to make sure you have him for the uh, games in Vegas in the Exactly. In-season tournament. <laughs> the semifinals and the finals uh, in-season tournament. But I'm looking at this schedule, Whitey, and, you know, obviously you want Darren Fox to be healthy. Obviously you want him uh, not to rush back. So you that's don't why. Want anything ling- pardon me, lingering. Yeah, you don't want anything yeah. lingering where he plays a couple. Oh, it's sore. He's got to sit down. Yeah. You don't, want, you don't want anything lingering throughout the season. But that's why it's imperative on Davion and some of these other guys. All right. Your leader's gone. Somebody has to step up. It, it has to be a collective, obviously. But I don't want De'Aaron sitting at home or watching the game, seeing his team lose three in a row and thinking, oh, man, I got to hurry back. This is the chance for Davion and some of these other guys to say, De'Aaron, don't worry. We got your back. We'll be able to handle it. Well, it'd be great, obviously, to get a win tomorrow. But I'll tell you what, the Warriors, I saw them last night. They were on NBA TV. <sighs> They're really playing well right now. Steph Curry, what he's doing right now is like, it's ridiculous. He was already ridiculous. But now watching him um, this year, I know it's a year just started, but it's it's hard to believe what he's doing so far. No, he's one of the game's greatest players ever. And, and he's taking it somehow to a next right, level at age right. 52 or whatever he is. He is indefensible right now. I mean, you know, when you combine his shooting with his ball handling and his basketball IQ, uh, He's tough. He, you know, what he was doing last night against the Pelicans, right? Was it the yep. Pelicans last night? And now he lets you know about it. Yeah, too. and now he's talking to trash, too. And and there's no way of stopping this guy. And so it'll be interesting to see how the Kings uh, try to defend him. Do they take the ball out of his hands? Uh, do they make him more of a passer? But he's playing arguably at an all-time high know, right now, which is crazy to think. Like, I, I, I've been the biggest Warriors critic out here. Like, they're going to be, you know, why are they getting... Steph gives you a chance night in and night out, and it's amazing uh, what we're seeing from him. Yeah, if he keeps it up, maybe he he's never done this. Of course, leads the league in scoring. I don't think he's ever done that, has he? 
I, mean, I, don't, I don't think yeah. so. I don't think Maybe so. Maybe he adds that to his resume. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. He, I, I tell you what. Chris Paul's coming off the bench now, and he's okay with it. Right. It's a little scary. It's a scary how well they're playing, right? I mean, think about it. Last year, they couldn't buy a win on the road. This year, they're perfect 3-0. and They never had a three-game win streak on the road last that's season. Right, that's right. This year, they're already off to a 3-0 and start. And so, what I'm seeing from the Warriors, and mind you, they haven't been fully healthy. Clay sat out last night. Um you also, Wiggins hasn't been himself yet. And so it's scary that they can get even better. And, you know, we saw him obviously last week in Golden State. Their ability to move the ball um, is, is just scary. Like mm-hmm. their offense is so efficient. And so I may have to amend my Warriors prediction. Not yet. Not yet, Whitey. All I'm right, not no, going to say no. the first week of the season. Oh, no. now we know what's going to happen. But they're off to a better start than I thought they'd be. Speaking of guards and point guards, tell us about your new TV partner who we're going to be talking yeah. to today, right? Yeah, I can't wait to have Mike Bibby on our show coming up today at 4.15. You don't want to miss that. And We know he's a Kings legend, part of those great uh, Sacramento teams. But now he's going to be joining us on the TV side, on the pre- and post-game show and halftime show starting tomorrow. He'll be with Morgan Reagan. And this is a huge get because, you know, one thing that, you know, NBC and the Kings have tried to do is tie this year's team, this year, the current state of the franchise, to the glory years. Mm -hmm. And so many times, you know, I've worked in other cities, you know, Boston, for instance, and the, the legends, they move away and they never come back, you know, and they're not a part. This way, now you bring in back a legend who's going to be a part of your broadcast team. You'll see Mike Bibby. So I, I think that's a huge get uh, for the Kings organization in this city. Yeah, you're right. And they got two of the members of that team that, well, Bobby Jackson was a coach yeah. for a long time. And Doug is on the Doug's bench. Doug's there, so exactly. guys have kept in touch. And, and, and I love the fact that having Mike Bibby around, same thing with Doug, they know what it takes to become a winner. And so I'm sure he'll be going to practices sometimes, talking to the guys sometimes. And to me, that can only help this Kings team. When we come back, take a look at uh, the three big issues the NBA in-season tournament must overcome as we get ready for that, you know, which the Kings hopefully are going to uh, win, right? <laughs> the commercials are great, by the way. The in-season tournament yes, commercials. Yes, they have been. They're yeah. doing a great job marketing. Yeah, them. we'll be right back. Drive guys on Sacktowns. Powering your afternoon. Happy Halloween. If I thought of it sooner, Kyle, I didn't think of it till, I don't know, 11 o'clock this morning. I would have shown up on Halloween in a full-on, full Brock Purdy 49er uniform. But I thought of it too late. By the time I thought of it, it was too late to do anything about it. So next year... Next year, I'll do it, and I'll also be able to add a Super Bowl ring to the costume. Well, I'm glad you didn't do it because in the uh, final hour of our show, you would have turned it over, fumbled the bag or something. You know, it would have been an off. You know, Brock Purdy in the fourth quarter, he's just not clutch. So I'm glad you didn't show up uh, with Brock Purdy because that final hour would have been trash like he's been. Huh. Uh, no, I'm just. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm, no, I got you. I got you. Oh, yeah, you get it. You get you where I'm fine. going. You were though. fine. All right. yeah, you were fine. You were fine. <laughs> Uh, uh, confession to make tonight. You know, my daughter's coming over with her husband with Halloween because their dog doesn't do well with people. So they bring the dog over and we turn out the lights, whatever. Anyway. So what do we watch? It's world series is on, but I, I'm not feeling the world series, which kills me to say that. And it might be, Hey, do we watch a horror movie or do we watch the world series tonight? I've never had to ask that ever in my life. Why do you, are you supposed to be a sports guy? I know. You're supposed to be dialed in. I know. You're supposed to be prepared when we walk in to talk all sports. Yeah. Not just football and basketball. Right. 
Who's playing in the World Series? No. <laughs> Dude, I have not watched a single pitch of the World Series. This is the most uninteresting World Series. I can't remember the last time it's been this bad. Maybe it's just me and a East Coast bias, West Coast, whatever it is. But I have no interest in these two teams. Yeah, I. you're right. I mean, the baseball fan in me will probably say, no, I got to watch. But, yeah, it just hasn't really... Captured the People imagination. People well, but what about Bruce Bochy, you know? Right, Bochy. right. I know, I know. Are, do we really want him to win somewhere other than San Francisco, though? Yeah, I'd Does be that okay. Kinda, I understand okay, your right. points. Yeah, I'm point. just like, ah. Yeah, but yeah, the, the Rangers it, It's and like the seeing your ex-wife go on and remarry and be happy. Do you really? Uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. So I, I'm just saying. I like you, you see where I'm going, though, right? Do, you see I where do. I'm going. And so uh, Bruce is a great yeah, guy. We case, appreciate it. Your ex-wife, but you left her. Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You done yeah. moved on. Yeah. And so I don't know, man. She might be the one that got away, though. You know what I mean? As Bob Melvin takes over, we're like, darn, yeah. man, where's Bruce Bochy when you need him? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it kills me to say that. But this, yeah, this, and it was such a good baseball season. Well, we'll see. Maybe it'll be a great, great World Series, but it just seems like it's a little, uh, little lackluster so far. Hopefully, the in-season tournament, once it gets going, yes. will be great. The commercials have been great. Uh, Jess on the chat says, "How come there's no kings in the commercial though?" That's true, right? We got you got Julius Randle and you got, I think Trey Young's in there, Demar Derozan and Draymond. I don't see any kings in there, but that's you all don't right. see any kings in there. I don't really think so. That's all right. They're saving it for when they go to Vegas. You right. know, they'll redo the commercials. And uh, you looking forward to it though? It begins what next week against OKC for us. I kind of am. I know we had yesterday the announcement and the and the graphics of what all the courts are going to look yeah. like. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're trying. To me, the three big issues with the in season tournament. What do you think of these? I think one is player buy in. Mm. We'll see if the players buy in. If they do, that's a huge hurdle that is overcome. Two is the fact that the format's kind of confusing in the commercial. They say. 30 teams, uh, single elimination. Yeah. Like, no, it's, it's, no, it's not single it's elimination. Not. Oh, right. Why do they say that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I heard that too, and I was like, <laughs> it's not single elimination. Right. It's hard enough to explain it's without them play. explaining Round it wrong robin, yeah. on purpose. And then, third thing, and I saw this somewhere on a, some comments or something the tournaments in soccer, you know, they have uh, teams from different leagues yeah. that don't normally play against each other. Right. And in this, it's the same teams that always play against each other. Now they're just in a tournament. So that's one of the things that I think makes this a little underwhelming. But I'm hoping I'm hoping it's special. I was about to say, you're, you're just being a hater right there. Like, I know. This is baby I'm steps. Trying this is hard the first like year this. of I'm this. I'm trying hard to like this. <laughs> Let me ask you I this. I want to get on board with both feet. No, I, I'm 100% with you in terms of... Like, when they play Oklahoma City next Friday in the first game of the in-season tournament, that game doesn't have any added meaning to me as a fan. I was already up for that game. That's, you know, right. and so. Because it's a group game. It's a group if game. If you lose, what happens? Eh, yeah, we, what yeah happens. we don't know. Like, the Warriors are in their pod also. Yeah. That was already going to be a big game. They got the Spurs, Victor Wembanyama. That was already going to be a big game. And so, I don't think we'll get the feeling of a true in-season tournament until that final game when they need to beat the Warriors maybe to go to 3-1 and one or 4-0 and oh and clinch a spot uh, you know, in Vegas. You know, maybe they should have done single elimination. Do you think? Maybe? 30-team single elimination and get rid of the group stage 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know see. what they could have done. Uh, player buying is going to be interesting because we've already seen players resting, sitting out, taking games off. I would imagine the NBA, if I'm correct, has rules regarding the in-season tournament. Like, ain't no load management happening yep. in-season tournament games. That would be a bad look. And so, 500000 to some guys is a lot of money. But for your star to players. To the guys who don't play. Right, to the guys that Come don't on, play. let's go, let's go. Exactly. The ninth, 10th, 11th cheering. man, they're like, oh, yeah. man. The rookies, <laughs> the rookies are going to be playing hard, bro. They're going to yeah. be diving, uh, you know, crashing into the stands and everything. Uh, so, player buying, like I said before, I don't think the first games, November, you know, that Friday against OKC, it's not going to be any added motivation. But when they know that they have a chance to perhaps go to Vegas, I think you'll see it ratchet up over time. Mm-hmm. As far as the World Series goes, uh, Andrew on the chat says, haters going to hate. Been a fantastic World Series so far. I know that first game was great, but that was we were out at the uh, arena Friday night. Game one was amazing. Was yeah, it? That was a 10-inning. Yeah, it was. Walk yeah, walk-off. Off. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. And Andrew, where are you from? Andrew's either uh, from Texas or he's from Arizona, <laughs> right? Like, I just, I, I didn't even know, and maybe this is, you know, I shouldn't admit this, I didn't even know who was winning. You know, and my well, problem is. once your Phillies were out. You yeah, once exactly. We're, we're looking ahead to spring training. And you got Kings basketball going on. And you're in, I'm into the Niners and Eagles as well. I have no rooting interest in, in this uh, World Series. And so uh, Andrew says he's from Stockton. Okay. All right. All right. Baseball fans, I get it. I mean, Compio says, hey, it's been a great World Series. Compio's cousin actually plays for uh, <laughs> the Diamondbacks. He's, uh, he manages. Right. He's a yeah. first Turtle base coach or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And Capio says, Draper, you have to cover every sport. And that's true to an extent. But are we really talking a whole lot of World Series right now? Now, if the Giants were in it, if the A's were in it, I'd be dialed in. I'd be glued in. Yeah. But that, Texas, look, Arizona? Come it's on. A, it's. I don't think it's debatable. How much you like it, what you think of it, that's, yeah, whatever you think, that's what you think. But I just nationally, I think it's, you know – there's not a lot of interest in this series, unfortunately. And it's too bad because baseball had kind of a comeback year this year with the new rules. A lot of them were, they worked. Right. People got a little more interested in baseball than you have this World Series. Um, and it just seems a little anticlimactic. No, I'm, I, I'm disappointed. That's I, all. No, I'm, I 100% agree with you. And I thought the baseball season was tremendous. Uh, so many storylines, so many teams vying for it at the end. I thought the playoffs... Uh, were pretty good as well, especially, you know, you had some of the upsets, mm-hmm. Dodgers getting knocked out early, Braves getting uh, ousted. But then it's sort of, you know, I- I'm sorry, the Diamondbacks don't elicit a reaction. They don't have a very strong They don't brand. have a strong brand uh, yeah. around the country. I'll yeah. be watching. By the way, Compio says my cousin played for the Dodgers. Oh, my Davey gosh. <laughs> I believe him. I'm tell- I believe him. You sure about that? <laughs> I'm Copy buying it. He's related to everybody. Not yeah. anybody could just make that up. <laughs> oh, my He's got gosh. another cousin who's married to 
Ray, Ray Allen's Allen's cousin or, or something. Yeah, sorry, Copio. I know I never hey, get Copio, that Hey, right. Copio, in the chat, I want you to list all your relatives <laughs> who are married to famous people or you know, because I need to keep a running tally of all this, man. Oh, this you're loco, time. man. Yeah. <laughs> when we come back, a former Niner says it's panic button time. Is he going to take his finger off the panic button now that the Niners made a big move today? That's next with the Drive Guys on Sackdown Sports.